to crime. Standing by and allowing this to happen is an accessory to these crimes. This Tuesday, the ladies and I talk racism, social injustice, and about the Derek Chauvin trial for the murder of George Floyd. I can't breathe until justice is served. Hey guys, it's the girl Basha. Welcome to Ask Basha video podcast. In the words of the late Bob Marley, until the color of a man's skin is no more significant than the color of his eyes, they say war. Guys, this one is a serious topic. You know, we like to have fun on the Basha platform, but we also, we've made a pledge to advance our women particularly our people. This is the first of a series that we are calling I Can't Breathe and the ladies and I are wearing I Can't Breathe Black Lives Matter. It is our hope that after this series, you would gain a better understanding for the need for us to come together as a human race. More than anything is our hope that more people will understand that this fight is not for superiority, it's for equality. I'm joined by some phenomenal women. At the top, Dr. Siddal Ross, an anesthesiologist and pain specialist who currently practices palliative medicine. She's also a classically trained vocalist who uses music to care for patients living with life-threatening illnesses. Dr. Ross's podcast, Prescriptions and Song, is dedicated to promoting awareness of healing potential of music and is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm also joined by the phenomenal Alana Avis, born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, to Trinidadian parents. She's a cybersecurity risk executive and fitness enthusiast. Alana, who's effortless fashion she enjoys it effortless fashion moments and when you follow her on ig you will get the picture currently is also venturing into entrepreneurship building an e-commerce brand rooted in wellness ladies welcome thank you i know i invited you to a hard one i apologize in advance Mm. but you know some of us have to do the hard work um, I want to remind everyone before we get started that the Ask Basha podcast is streaming on Spotify and iTunes. Our video podcast is exclusively available on the Basha platform, bashapower.com and YouTube Basha Power. Ladies, are you ready to get into it? Yes. Sure, let's go. I know this might get emotional. I expected it. Um, some of our other regulars told me outright they couldn't do it, not because they were afraid necessarily, but the current trial takes them back to a very difficult place. It has done the same for me. Um, The world has witnessed the killings of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey. We did not witness Breonna Taylor's killing, but we felt the pain. Um, By the time George Floyd's murder went viral. We saw it in real time. 
for those of us who were wearing blinkers like me, all bets were off. After George Floyd's killing, um, if, if you had any doubt about if black lives matter, the question was answered. Today, we are reliving this nightmare as we watch a trial of the police officer, Derek Chauvin, who murdered George Floyd. It is heart-wrenching to watch those videos again. Many people are not very optimistic that the verdict we require will be delivered. Do you feel that justice would be served in the trial of Derek Chauvin? If not, why? Dr. Ross, I'm starting with you. So do I feel that justice will be served? I cannot give a clear response. I can't say yes, I can't say no. Of course, I would like for justice to be served. I would like for him to be convicted on all counts. But the truth is, I don't have that faith in the justice system. I just don't. You know, I'm encouraged by the fact that senior police officials have spoken out against Derek Chauvin's actions and have condemned his actions. But, you know, the law is, the law is funny. The law is funny and, and, and there are ways that, you know, defense attorneys can present information and spin information and, and find ways to, to sway a jury even in the in the face of clearly convincing evidence you know so so i i reserve my my feelings with regard to to you know what i expect to happen because anything can happen i i i dread hmm. i dread to see what will happen <laughs> if if that if what we expect does not come to pass, if what we hope for, rather, does not come to pass. I dread that. And that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> because Alana Avis, I can't wait to hear your feedback. No, I mean, I really don't have much to add other than those are my sentiments exactly. And with the law, because there's always, you have to prove without a benefit of a doubt and we understand why it's like that. There's always a loophole. But can you? So I, 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 I hope I'm not confident, uh, and I am tapering how much of the trial I watch and don't watch to manage my emotions because um, I, I'm just unsure what's going to happen, and I don't know how I will react once the outcome comes. If not, how I would like to see it go. Um, I have to agree with both of you. You know, I, I, I really don't have any concrete 
answer in terms of the outcome. I'm watching with very little faith in the justice system as it relates to people of color, particularly black men. Um, I think I've started seeing the defense bill a case around the difference between intent to murder and actual murder, which is a very gray line for a police officer who's, you know, a person of the law charged with the authority to kill if his life is threatened. I'm not a defense attorney, I'm just someone with common sense. And thankfully, all credit must be given to the black queen, Donella Fraser, no. for her bravery. If it were not for her, many of us would not have woken up. Danelle, I don't know you. I don't know where you are, but I hope to God you see this video. But we are so grateful to you. And I don't often hear, you know, your name called. Well, I should say it's not called enough. You're not credited with enough. You were brave enough to do this. If it were not for you, we would not have seen this. This would be yet another one for the history books. It would not have been, it would not have gotten the attention that it deserves. So what is, what is, what I'm waiting to see is that given the fact that this murder was properly documented, if that would make a difference. We always knew that we were beaten and mistreated and suppressed and oppressed as a race from, for generations. But many people didn't have the opportunity to see the evidence. And the queen, Danella, gave us the evidence. Yes. Yes. So that evidence shows me intent to murder because I saw a man handcuffed who was not resisting. Mm -hmm. um, I wanna touch on um, the impact this has had on you both personally. And I'll, I'll say something about that after you've spoken. But um, the period of the Black Lives Matter and the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and everybody else has really impacted the lives of many people, um, even people outside of the Black race. You know, any, anyone with a conscience with, with, who believe in the good of humanity, this must have woken you up. I mean, it, it woke me up at a different level. Um, Dr. Ross, do you care to share with us as, as a black woman with a husband, with a dad, with brothers, um, what did this do for you on, on so many different levels? You know, it's a broad question. Feel free to go wherever you want to okay. go with it. Um, but what did it do for you? Was this a wake up call? Or... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I woke up, you know, I, um, as, as tough as 2020 was for so many people, mm -hmm. I am thankful for 2020 for giving me the opportunity to wake up. Mm. Yeah, the, the scales fell off my eyes in 2020. And I developed a much greater understanding of what it means to be Black in these United States of America. Hmm. How long have you been here? I came... 1995 so we're talking over you know 25 years i came to this country you know, from trinidad and tobago knowing yes that i'm a black woman 
But I didn't understand what that meant in the context of the American society. And it took me decades to learn to understand that. Hmm. Uh, I, I now understand that I am not exempt hmm. from discrimination. I'm not exempt from microaggressions. People see mm -hmm. me, the first thing that they see is the color of my skin. They see the texture of my hair. <laughs> and right away they make a judgment based on that. There's mm -hmm. nothing else that they need. I, I, it took me back to days in my training when I recognized that I was in fact discriminated against simply based on where I'm from, the color of my skin. I was told that I should not bother to apply to medical school because that would be just too much of a reach for me. <laughs> I don't recall none of my white classmates were told that when I asked, because I asked around people who were not doing as well as I was. Hmm. Um, but you know, so th there was also the, <laughs> you know, you got into medical school just because you're black, <laughs> not because you're qualified enough. But you know, that's what affirmative action does. It gets you, people like you, <laughs> into one, medical school. One, one or two of you into medical school. <laughs> How affirmative is that action, huh? <laughs> Um, yes, yes, I would, uh, <laughs> I remember one of my first days on the, on the wards, you know, someone looked at me and said, um, when is my doctor coming? <laughs> and I said, well, I am your doctor. So, no, 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 really, when is my doctor coming? <laughs> wow. And then when I made my point, I said, sir, I'm your doctor. This is what we need to discuss today. <laughs> But, but you look so young. <laughs> and black. <laughs> I guess that part was under, supposed to be understood. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, and all of these things. And so what, as, as a physician, right, in 2020, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, led me to say, okay, no, no, no. We see that black people were the hardest hit by this pandemic. I came to realize that as a physician, I need to do my part. That's where I really have decided to make an impact and leave a legacy so that I know I have made it my duty to get involved with pre-medical programs. Go, I went back to my alma mater to Columbia University to see how can I help because we need greater representation. We need more people of color in the profession. We need to protect our people. Black women dying in childbirth at alarming rates. This is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. So, you know, in a nutshell, I, that was a long response, but, but that is what this awakening has done for me. And while it is painful, I am thankful for it because my mission is clear. I got you, sister. Alana Avis, how about you? Um, it hasn't awakened me because just recently in corporate America, maybe last in the last four years, I experienced a pretty blatant 
I'll just call it racism in terms of, you know, my position and progress and growth, which was very disheartening. So it's in the forefront of my mind. Uh, similarly to you going into a board meeting and I walk in, you know, I'm a lady looking decent. Uh, mm -hmm. This is the board court, the Q2 board meeting. I'm like, yes, I know I'm, I'm here to present. So, you know, there's just a, a, an understanding or a, a, a thought that you're not meant to be there. And I'm in technology. So that is a, 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 a industry that is male driven and it doesn't have a lot of black females. So, you know, and actually, oh, maybe I should, well, the head office is also Minneapolis. So like, you know, it's like the demographic demographic at the place what I'm doing. So I've experienced that. So it, it hasn't awakened me, but similarly, it has reminded me how easy it is for us to forget with all of the niceties that we have around us. We can travel, we have a nice car, we have a, a, a mixed group of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very easy to forget that it still exists uh, and what am I doing about it? So uh, I've been on the pulse of what everything's been going on. I'm not watching everything because really it was affecting my mental health in a big way. Like I just couldn't even, so people are like, oh, it's not, you don't care about, it's not that I don't care, but really it's affecting me in a bad way. So I have um, also made sure to uh, dedicate or ensure that I'm do taking action. So whether it is in my community or mentorship, which I've done for a long time, signing petitions, uh, educating people and staying aware um, and doing something about it. Viola Davis said something very good, which I agree with. She's probably like my sister from another mother, but keep the foot <laughs> Keep keep the foot on the gas. So my natural instinct is an, is action oriented. So I'm really looking to continue and more ways on how to make an impact to move the needle. Um, and I think that you know if you look at the way corporate America America is built, it's built on corporate America, money, etc. So I think it's important that us, our people, we are establishing roots within corporate America, financial, et cetera, so that we can have those seats at the table as well as build our own seats um, because our <laughs> seats alone is not going to make the shift that we need to. We have a long way to, we've made a lot of progress, but we have a long way to go. Well said, well said. And I endorse all those feelings. And I mean, for me, I ended up in therapy. Real talk, you know, um, and I'm not someone who's afraid of therapy. I mean, I think it's something that, you know, it's like putting, going for oil change, you know, with your vehicle. If your vehicle needs an oil change, what about you, you know? And, but I, I did because there was a lot of noise going on, a lot of noise, noise I couldn't understand. Um, and for me, I, for the, for the people who are close to me, you know that I, I wear, I've worn blinkers for a long time, you know? I'm, I'm that girl, I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to be happy. Um, I, I was prepared to be silent, to make white people comfortable. And I was prepared to not hear things. And sometimes I literally didn't hear it because I was living in a bubble. I, I felt very safe in with my life. So I was living in a bubble. So in that bubble, sometimes you hear a car pass and sometimes you don't hear a car pass. You hear a torn hoot and toot and sometimes you don't hear a horn toot. And for me, that horn 
really blew up my world. Um, I think it was the light that started to flash to say, you're no longer safe. It was an amber and it went to red. Mm-hmm. And that red messed me up. I think fast forward, the, the effects of what transpired precipitated the, the, the need for me to expand my brand for such a platform as this. So I give God thanks for that gift in the whole mess. Um, it's, it really woke me up. And, and, and one of the things that I want to um, address next with you ladies, because my awakening came in different ways. And I remembered during that time when the whole world, I've never seen this in my life. I mean, I haven't been around that long, but when Al Sharpton and these guys tell you, Reverend Al Sharpton and these guys tell you that they've never seen it like this, then I knew that it was something special to witness. And as much as we saw people of different colors coming together and shout out to my Gen Zs, you know, um, we, I also felt betrayal in that time. I felt a strong sense of betrayal. Um, I, I saw allies abandon me and my people. You know, I, I remember on Blackout Tuesday how difficult it was for me to see people who would post a dog on social media. They'll post a pussy cat, a mm. plate of unfinished food. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> we know how you would feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> Right? (laughs) A plate of unfinished food. And you Um, could not stand with another, um, but members of the human race who will be in disenfranchised because of the way they look, as as Trevor Noah's book is entitled. People who were clearly born a crime. You're just a crime for being black. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I felt abandoned by a lot of people. You know, um, and this, this is not an attack. I have to call you out. There was a lack of empathy from people you thought, quote unquote, didn't see race, who were good Christians, who were, you know, I want to shout out all those pastors who got my tights, the white ones. I want to shout you all out. How, how you doing? According to Wendy Williams, how you doing? Because mm-hmm. black tides matters, but black lives was not something that you needed to, to hit the streets for, to, to show some sort of support, to write a check for. Yeah? Where you at? I, I want you to know that I saw you. Um, the lack of empathy from allies, so-called friends from other ethnic groups struck a nerve with me. The senseless rebuttals that I heard. All lives matter. Huh? That hurt and it still hurts to this day. Yes, we're not asking you not to be proud of who you are. That's not what we're asking. We're not asking you not to be proud to be white not to be proud to be brown, not to be proud to be whatever group you assign yourself to. We're asking you to fight for equality for the human race. And um, 
I was shocked by the reaction of so-called friends, colleagues, and other members who had a lack of empathy. Was this your experience? Alana, I'll start with you. So I, um, to be uh, honest, I wasn't shocked. So what it did for me was really validate. So I grew up in Montreal, Quebec. Like mm -hmm. my parents are from Trinidad. So experiences for a long time in many different mm -hmm. ways. But when trying to speak to other people about this, or even in a very polite or low key or educational way, explain to them how you feel, you're made to feel crazy. <laughs> they make you feel crazy. Oh, that's uh, not what's happening. Uh, right. That's not true. That's yes. not what they meant. Yes. So when all of this has happened, it made me extremely angry because it, I said, I said, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't crazy. So I just started to recount every moment in my life where, you know, this girl told me, I know you're from Trinidad, so you guys don't really speak English. This is at work, by the way, a big company. So this is how you write or pronounce X. Or, you know, a lot of, a lot of, and even recently when it was all happening at my current organization or a client, uh, the person I was explaining, oh, it's so terrible what happened. She's like, oh, I know my daughter, they live in Ohio, uh, a Caucasian lady, a white lady. Oh yeah. My, I'm so scared for my daughter in Ohio. You know, she's living in a house with her girlfriend and I'm, I'm talking about, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I should have. No, yes. So when you're trying to talk about Black yes. Lives Matter or the injustice. And generations of generations uh, and centuries uh, of injustice. And you're, and you're telling me about your 22 year old daughter in a dorm that. Uh, listen, I, I. That's when you just have to stop. I just it, stopped. So, but yeah. it, it started to, I would say, validate what I was thinking. Right. But also for some people who talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, like mm -hmm. what Raja you're saying, I realize a lot of people weren't walking the walk. So I just know how to operate from, from there when you're showing me, so to speak, your true colors. Right. And mm -hmm. some of them, and I don't, I want to be fair because some of them it's pure. They don't know ignorance, but some of them is truly, um, they do not understand or feel like you said, why black lives matter versus all lives matter. Why is this an injustice? And what do you mean you don't get equal rights? And though that type of ignorance, I know it's deep rooted for a lot of people, but it's. Um, I, I, I want to, I, I want to pivot. Sorry to cut you. Yeah, no problem. I want to pivot to Dr. Ross because in our many discussions, um, I found that she was very eloquent. And okay. one of the reasons in, in this particular eloquence in explaining, sorry, uh -huh. I cut myself short, um, why it's necessary uh -huh. to, to, to say Black Lives Matter. Um, and the reason we are doing this series, it's not to blame point fingers, to create more division. We're doing this to educate. We're doing this so that somebody who probably didn't, still don't get it, or didn't get it then, who require further analysis, education, that hopefully after this series, they'll get it. They'll get that we all have the same blood, all positive, whatever negative. <laughs> right. Right? 
if all of our stools don't look a certain color, we need to go to the doctor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If we're not able to go off, we need to go to the doctor. Yep. Same body. Mm -hmm. That shell may have different skin tones, different beautiful textures of hair, but it's the same body. The same heart that's going to stop beating when that number calls. And the same man, the same God, rather, you pray to, be it all of us. Dr. Ross, over to you. Please provide us. Please talk about if you receive the betrayal and lead us into yeah. an explanation of sure. why people should not be defensive about the label, the, the need for the recognition of Black Lives Matter. Matter. Over yeah, to you. Sure. So yes, I certainly have felt betrayal. I felt that people who I thought cared about me, friends in particular, very close friends, I thought they cared about me. I thought they would be interested in knowing how I was doing during this time, knowing that I identify as a black woman in these United States of America. I heard practically nothing from a number of them. And, and in fact, one of them sent me a video of the, of the the vandalized stores in New York City. That was her extent of highlighting what was going on during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests. So that's what she received, vandalism. That's what I received from this person. No, no, that's a message she received. She from all well, that that's what she on. sent me, right? Clearly, that's what which, she took. Which says to me that this is what she took from it. Yes. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what she took from it, right? No, the, the, the bigger issue went straight over her head. Hmm. Colleagues at work, which is not surprising that COVID-19 has devastated black communities, communities of color, Commun colleagues at work, crickets, mm -hmm. nothing. You know, we have meetings on a daily basis, nothing. I remember going in at times saying, you know, I just, I'm really sad by what is going on around us. The Black Lives Matter protests are really, this is really weighing heavily on me. The death of George Floyd, the, my recognition, my, my awakening, my recognition of what it means to be a black woman in this country. This is really painful for me right now. Somebody said to me, oh, I have a great movie for you to watch. It'll cheer you up. Some BS movie. <laughs> they just want to, like, it's ignored. Yeah. Don't want to deal with the reality of the situation because they feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not my problem you feel uncomfortable. That's the reality. So, and, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, so go on to explain. And so, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, so. The difference between my, lives matter yeah. life So, matter. I just want to, you know, if I had a chance to really sit down and speak to some of, to, to those who have ears, they, you know, those who have ears will listen. So for someone who actually has ears, this is what I would like to say. Black Lives Matter does not mean that no one else's life matters, right? That is not the, that's not the point of the movement. 
right? Black Lives Matter is a cry, is a plea for equality. It is a plea for everyone to see all people as equal. Because <laughs> black lives, and if black lives don't matter, then <laughs> then really all lives don't matter. No one's life matters. Because this is about the equality of human life. Hmm. This is about God creating each one of us in his own image and likeness. So no one is superior to anyone else. Hmm. Okay? And you cannot say all lives matter if black lives don't matter. And it is clear to me and to many people that throughout the history of America, black lives Have black, you know, you can also have black lives matter, really, when you see continued police brutality against black people, when you see continued uh, segregation in whole in, in neighborhoods and schools, when you see that black women are still at the bottom of the wage earning ladder. These things have not changed. So you cannot tell me that, you know, there is no more inequality of the races, that everybody's on an equal footing. Now, that is BS. I call BS on that. And, me too. and all I, lives don't matter if mm -hmm. black lives don't matter because we also must count. We must also be represented. We are equal to, to, to anyone else. We are all on the same footing. And that's what we're fighting for. That's what the movement mm -hmm. is fighting for. For, 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 to be seen, for black people and black lives to be seen as, as equal. So, I couldn't have said it better myself, and that's why I asked you to, you know, there's an article that's going to go along with this podcast, and I urge you all to read it. You're going to need it. And I think I made it very clear in that article that racism and social injustice must be called out. I, I've had it. I will not be giving anybody cover for racism. I'm going to call you out okay. because it's obvious to me. That you're not my ally and you won't take a knee for me. So I'm going to call you out. I was very traumatized by this. The trauma has returned with this trial. My nozzle is off. What would be your reactions, ladies, if justice is not served in this trial with Derek Chauvin? I, I don't even know. I am going to the streets. I, I'm, I'm sure to the there streets will be. I shall return. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going out there. there. Alana, Alana, we live in the A. We live in the A. I'm going to I'm I'm go to Vazia. Yeah. yeah, we live in the A because you, you see what's going there. on. I'm going yes. to Manhattan. I'm going to Manhattan. And I, I'm going to Brooklyn. Dr. I, I'm, I'm you going see to what's New York. going on in Atlanta right now because it was suppressed. Those voting laws. That's right. We don't play, right? Major, major major league baseball oh, yeah, will, not, will, will not be in will not be in georgia this is georgia <laughs> georgia yes. is blue honey yeah. right let's there, get that straight I, I i will do it see that to the streets I, 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 I have no choice no justice no peace, no peace. i have no choice yeah. no justice no peace we're not playing anymore 
We're not our ancestors. We're not played. <laughs> uh-huh. I've already decided. I mean, it, it, as I said, I dread that. Mm-hmm. I dread it. But, but, but I'm but, vaccinated. But should it happen? Should it happen? <laughs> I, I'm out there. I out Alana, there. we're going to do a drive-by into the streets. Yes. We shall return. <laughs> I'm with you. No, I'm, I mean, it sounds like a joke. I ain't joking. I'm like, well, we are already uh, living. Like, was Right. You know, um, we have a lot more to touch on in the coming weeks as we wait patiently for a verdict. Um, we could go on and talk for a long time. I really enjoyed this discussion. I thought it would have been a lot more emotional, but who knows what's to come? Hmm. You know, we, we're going to be joined by some other phenomenal women next week and in the coming weeks. We, we, do, we need to have a conversation. Our nozzle is off. We're not playing. We don't want no part of racism. We want no part of social injustice. We're not going to hush our mouths to make you feel good. We all need to feel good. It's quality quality. That's right. We're not trying to be superior to you. Ain't nobody got time for that. We want to make sure that we are seen the way we see ourselves. And we're not asking for permission. Time's up. This is a reason we created this podcast. As women, we have an obligation to lift each other up instead of being taught to dislike each other based on race, color, class, skin, difference, um, cultures. You know, if the gruesome killings of any member of the human race have no impact on your mental health or your social conscience, you should stop praying and attending church. You hear me? In the words of Bob Marley, I have no words until color of a man's skin is of no more significance and the color of his eyes, there be war. You can't love your black dog and don't love black people. Like, what's up with that? I, I have a lot of respect for the Gen Zs. Oh, yeah. They, and of every race and yeah. gender, they did it for us. They, yeah. The Gen Z showed us that they have no time for this. Yes. They gave us a glimpse of what the future looks like. And despite how it looks now, I'm here to tell you time's up and our future is bright for those young people who ain't have no time for social injustice and racism. They're going to marry who they want. Yes, you hear me? Your children will marry who they want. And you're going to have to accept it. We're relying on them for change, to change the rhetoric. Racism is learned behavior. No one is born a racist. It's learned behavior. A racist is groomed. You feel me? Be careful what you say about another human being because it takes one to know one. When you begin to show empathy and concern for the murder of unarmed black men and women and women of color, when you begin to show empathy for the hate we are now witnessing against our Asian brothers and sisters, then you know we've arrived. Then all lives will matter. If Derek Chauvin does not do the time for the crime, 
to the streets I shall return. It's your girl Basha. Thank you for watching and listening. That's a wrap.